0: Look what I did.
1: Welcome to Mummy and Daddy, the podcast where we discuss horror movies featuring children because parenting can be scary and kids are definitely creepos. creepy. Oh. <laughs>
0: The one time you changed it up. That's fine. <laughs> oh,
1: you know, we got to work with what we have. Where we are. Where we are. Oh, hi, Carol.
0: Hello, Josh. Daddy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Let's not reveal our real names, shall we? <laughs> oh, boy. What a fun episode. What a week. What a life. How you feeling? How you what living?
0: A, what a January. What a 2020.
1: 2020 vision. Am I right, everybody? <laughs> I haven't not seen that. Everywhere. It is on every single sign and chalkboard and presidential slogan as if everyone, the last moment was like, hey, wait a second. Right. 2020 vision. That's a thing. That's a thing. Gotta love stuff. Oh boy. What a movie this week was.
0: We did a little uh, something different this time. We watched it <sighs> separately. That's yes,
1: right. Yeah. Realizing, you know, parenting schedules don't always align. Almost never. You could say they just don't. And we like to be good to each other about making sure we're getting out and seeing our friends and having time to do our all of our extracurriculars in life. And so part of that sometimes means uh, one person is home with the kiddos and one person is gone. So we realize we can maximize this time.
0: Yeah, just to be able to get you the mummy and daddy you deserve on a consistent basis. We know you need it. We know you want it. And we're going to be here for you in 2020. 2020- We're going to be here for you in 2020.
1: 2012 InVision. Because we have 2020.
0: (laughs) God damn it. Uh, It's a fun time. Okay. I started Invisalign uh, a couple days ago. And I feel a little weird about my Lisp. It's not noticeable. (laughs) So so people tell me.
1: Do you want me to talk with Lisp too? So then so then we have absolutely no followers after this. We also bought. We both got Invisalign. (laughs) now. (laughs) <laughs> uh, you have nothing to be self-conscious about
0: yeah it's just a, a lot of stuff you know to work with but yeah i hope that it's not distracting to anyone else but me
1: hey mummy and deadheads if uh you want to oh, listen if you want to that's a good
0: one thank well, you mummy and deadheads
1: mummy and deadheads no, no one else has it so i figured we'd take it um <laughs> If you wanna maybe if you've got some hot tips for Carol on dealing with Invisalign in your daily life, feel free to hit us up. You know? Yeah, sure. You can. It's one something, you know. She might not accept that advice or whatever, but it just seems like it's a it's a new it's a new life thing at a time when it feels like adding something very like regimented to your daily life can be very difficult.
0: It is. It's it is very popular, though. people, A lot of people our age are doing it. And I think it's because, like the case for me, sometimes after you have babies, you found that your teeth are now crooked. And then you have jaw pain because your bite is all messed up. Can you speak to that? Why does it happen? It's because of a hormone that's released um, or made that your body makes during pregnancy called relaxin, a really <laughs> lazy <laughs> nomenclature, if you ask me, um, because your joints have to be a little loosey-goosey for mm-hmm. everything to kind of separate and and move and grow. And that's why they tell you not to do any kind of like intense physical activity when you're pregnant, not because you shouldn't be active, but like don't lift that box because like your joints literally just don't, they're not the same and you could hurt yourself.
1: You're, that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah. And so, yeah, your teeth can shift. And I think that because of that is why I have this jaw issue i've been having and Mm -hmm. it's weird i just started a few days ago but i think my jaw is like almost better
1: that's awesome i know i I believe it this stuff's all certainly
0: yeah connected i think it's because like i basically have a mouth guard in 24 7 so it's like automatically i'm not clenching because that's also part of jaw pain and
1: Right, it's day day clenching, like day clenching. Yeah, that was a crazy thing. Dentist said that, like, yeah, because I was oh, like, I
0: don't think I clench at night. Like, I really don't. You're not like, wake your teeth. up, teeth. Yeah, I don't grind my teeth. And he's like, Well, you probably are day clenching. And I was like, It was like a, you know, usual suspects moment of like, oh, yeah. I've been day clenching my whole life.
1: Cutting to that montage of every like <laughs> PA who's come up to you and been like, I lost all the petty cash. And going, mm. <laughs> <laughs>
0: so. That's why I got the end of the line, and just, it's going to get better, not worse, so.
1: That's what they say, that's their tagline. <laughs> but today...
0: Today, we're here to talk to you about something else.
1: Oh, we are. We are here to talk about The Omen. Look at me, Jamie
0: Nice one! such a strange music
1: cue in that movie it was janet jackson was ahead of her time
0: i really enjoyed that moment in the in the film
1: oh my god yeah it is so it's great it's so intense and so like she does like a great job especially for what's like this almost like walk-on part like she's not there's no like Mm -hmm. build-up to this nanny yeah character let's Okay, back it up. We gotta yeah. slow down. Oh,
0: I'm boy. I'm excited. It's a fun movie. It's a total classic. Hopefully everybody's watched it and is familiar with the nannies and otherwise all the nannies in this movie.
1: Um, but let's let's recap the movie. We gotta recap it. This one comes to us from the internet movie database. That's a place where you can find all of your internet movie needs. This one comes from also a, a friend of the show. <laughs> At this point. He doesn't know it yet, but Gary KMCD. What's up, Gary? What's up, Gary? The man with the plot summary, Thundery. He's here to bring it to your goods, which are sundry. Robert and Catherine Thorne seem to have it all. They're happily married, and he is the U.S. ambassador to Great Britain. But they want nothing more than to have children. When Catherine has a stillborn child, Robert is approached by a priest at the hospital who suggests that they take a healthy newborn whose mother has just died in childbirth. Without telling his wife, he agrees. After relocating to London, strange events and the ominous warnings of a priest lead him to believe that the child he took from that Italian hospital is evil incarnate. Thunder.
0: So, you know, it's not a great plot summary, but it's the best one of the four.
1: Yeah, it's not a- accurate. He's not the ambassador to Great Britain at the time he adopts that baby. That's my biggest problem with it.
0: Yeah, he's, he's in Italy. He's ambassador to Italy. Well, okay, so it's wrong. But it gets to a lot of the points, at least. Just for good measure, we will read the worst one because that mm. is what you're here for.
1: That's right. Signore Umberto Amador writes, Gregory Peck is the ambassador to the United States whose wife has a stillborn child. <laughs> at least she showed up with an action figure. Without her knowledge, he substitutes another baby as theirs. <laughs> A few years go by, and then grisly deaths begin to happen. The child's nanny hangs herself, and a priest is speared to death in a freak accident. Oh, boy. (laughs) (laughs) It turns out that the child is the son of Satan and can only be killed with the seven daggers of (laughs) (laughs) Magado. It's like, Ah. these were the things that you
0: thought were the most important parts to write. I just, I love that there are four plot summaries of this movie on the internet movie database we have no other database to go to and there is no seemingly no one monitoring these plot summaries there's no competition at all you can just submit they put, they get put up and it's it's just this crap i i can't That's get it. over it i won't get over it we'll do this every week yep. till the end
1: <laughs> until we get to the end of the database it's fucking bananas the bad one that really gets to me is that like it's full of full-on spoilers. Oh, yeah. In a way that is irredeemable. Like, if you're like, oh, wait, have I seen this? It tells you exactly what, like, the biggest points of the movie are, but acts as though it's all stuff that you're learning in, like, the cold open of this movie. Right. <laughs> like- and
0: then IMDb has a warning for the synopsis part. Like, there's plot summaries that are short and then the whole synopsis. And it's like, the synopsis below may give away important plot points. What? So... They Why might. not just put that at the top? Anyway, there's no oversight. We're living in the wild, wild west out here.
1: You better believe it.
0: And I kind of love it as much as I hate it.
1: I like that he brought the daggers of Megiddo or whatever. That...
0: Well, I do love how uh, he just travels back from Italy with the knives on his lap. That that was my favorite part about the <laughs> knives of oh, oh. Megiddo. <laughs> I was like, okay, you just have them in a sack. Uh, On your lap for the entirety of the plane ride. Okay, different times.
1: Pre-9-11. I wonder how they handled it in the remake. I never did see that.
0: No. Oh, no. And you shouldn't. I mean, (laughs) I haven't either. But the trailer and just everything about it looks so awful. And just uh, an insult to the whole franchise.
1: It really is such a special movie. We'll get to that later, I guess. But I found it to be like, it's really great. It's weird that it got remade. It's not surprising it has a million sequels. And it was based on a novel,
0: I think. Yeah, but the true? sequels were all written by different people.
1: Oh, is in like specifically not trying to connect the... No, thoughts. I think they were
0: trying to connect, but they it wasn't by the same author. Right. It just, and each one is different. So weird. Don't love it. So yeah, so the opening of this movie, the mom has already had miscarriages or problems having a kid and he's like, she just can't handle it. The baby died. Oh my God. Like, he's They're just, older. He's just yeah, they're older. And he does a secret baby swap. Just a little swap, swappity swap with the priest saying, Okay, well, I'll take the baby, sure. Yeah. Um
1: a classic switcheroo. It's happened to most of us.
0: Right. Well, this is uh my question for you, Josh. mm mm-hmm. Little quick interview with a vampire here. When Wu was born, like they they gave him to me, but then he had something caught in his throat, some 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 birth mucus. And then they took him away
1: just to, for... to a table, though they didn't take him even out of the room.
0: Oh, it really sounds like you're trying to cover something up right now. <laughs> uh-huh,
1: uh-huh. Well, because I
0: way. was getting s- sewed up right at the time. So I didn't see. I'm just wondering if you did this.
1: Is this. Why would I tell you now?
0: <laughs> In you're... this
1: segment of the podcast. I guess because, yeah, now we could laugh about it. Well, we have it's time. Been long
0: enough. He, he's not six yet. We we have time.
1: Oh, to stop this from happening? Yeah, yeah, that's true. They, no one ever made an omen documentary, so that could be cool. We could do that, that and that's what th- this podcast th- is. Th- this podcast. Okay, is. all right, yeah. fair enough.
0: Um, PSA, everybody, have you checked your child for six 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 birthmarks today?
1: Shave their heads, especially when they're born with that thick black hair. Yeah, just shave it. I love that. <laughs> that. I thought that that was a great little plot twist of it, where it's like you never would have had a chance. It was a smart move. To have a, a hairy baby, but they did look like more like a newborn than I think most film babies do. Mm-hmm. And so you're not thinking about it in like while you're watching the movie, but it is, so it's kind of remarkable. At least I found watching it where I was like, oh, right. He never would have seen this baby's scalp. Yeah. And because this kid never would have gone through a shaved head phase by this point in time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It wasn't like me. It was it was fourth grade for me, if you're wondering.
0: That's so early. I feel like. For
1: a shaved head phase? Yeah. No. I know mean, it was like style of the times, so everyone's doing it, hmm. and then getting uh, stuff shaved into their heads.
0: I've always wanted to shave my head. I guess I'm just a little jealous.
1: You can. Today's your day. <laughs> we'll find out if you have a 6661. You're a late bloomer.
0: Well, anyway, uh, moving on. <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> they, well, they take this kid. He does the switcheroo. He does like, the
0: switcheroo. And you know what? That's I, really where the problems begin. And uh,
1: I think... He, how do you feel about that that moment? Do you feel like that works even in the, well, that kind of setup?
0: It makes me less sympathetic for everything that follows in his life. Him mm. saying that his wife like can't possibly handle another like death of a child. Right. You're just, you know, laying the groundwork for the devil to come into your life and fuck it up. You're so you've sown the seeds of distrust, lack of confidence, just a whole range of things. And now he has this burden.
1: Yeah, that's it. His own responsibility for carrying this burden of the lie, of the deception. And that he was expecting to be able to do it this kid's entire life without a second thought. It's pretty wild. Yeah, it is. And it's interesting because I think other horror movies, he would have been the first to go, right? Because he was the one who kind of committed the original sin of uh, of bringing Satan into their household
0: right but they do set it up like this kid's gonna take everything you love and Mm then he's gonna take you yeah and unfortunately the devil doesn't understand how like politics work because like damien's not just like heir to the ambassador throne or whatever (laughs) i don't really know how
1: or like uh, ambassadorships don't seem to be like these cash cows right it's not like he also wrote (laughs) like a tell-all about the nixon administration or something that he was getting sweet royalties from
0: but Hey, now he's got a foot in the door. The devil, that is.
1: Do you also think that Great Britain is that much of a step up from Italy? Because they, of course, move from Italy to Great Britain when he gets that big promotion. They're acting like it's a big promotion when it happens. Hey, look, kids, there's Big Ben and there's Parliament. <laughs> and they just move right over there. And I just want to know if like, do you think that actually makes, it's one thing if your post is, you know, like you're the ambassador to, you know, Somalia, and then you get a bump up to a, like a G8 country.
0: I mean, I didn't question that that Italy jump like you're going to the like the British Empire. You know,
1: it's like yeah, Italy seems solid, a like good choice.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, the devil wants what the devil wants. So
1: That's, <laughs> He wanted to be in the countryside. He wanted a manor house. right? And he got it.
0: Actually, a good friend of ours is adopted uh from like was adopted in state and she looks a lot like her adopted mom and maybe Gregory Peck was just like I'm just gonna roll the dice kid has black hair I got this nice mop and these gorgeous eyebrows I'm I'm just let's do it let's just see what happens
1: yeah it's weird how almost how often that seems to happen Mm mm-hmm Like where you, you know, you just like look around. I mean, maybe there's just enough similarities in human features that you can start to pick out, like even just like, oh yeah, you have your uncle's eyebrows or weird things as you're like looking through someone's kind of family tree to say like, oh, it's because I don't think uh, like either of our kids look very much like me, for instance. And
0: people would very much disagree with you. I know.
1: But it's here we are. And it is just strange how I don't know who they look like sometimes, or like Boo was born with very dark hair and a very ruddy complexion, and he looked so much different from Wu when Wu was born. I think even that, like, if I hadn't seen him come out, there wouldn't have been an immediate thing of like, oh, he's got your ears, or mm-hmm. whatever, even though now he does, I guess, right, find he looks like
0: you would have been doing that birthmark check. PSA, everybody, have you checked your child again since we talked for a 6-6 six, six birth,
1: birthmark? Yeah, this, uh, this episode is brought to you by the Association <laughs> for Birthmark Checks Against Satan.
0: <laughs> um. Anyway, big mistake from the jump. Um, and then it kind of moves along. The movie uh-huh. just like trucks forward, which is nice, to the, to Damien's fifth birthday. That's right. And um, while I was watching it, I just... Couldn't believe the timing because we just had Boo's second birthday party um, yeah, a few the weeks week ago. Before. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, even sharing it with two other families, good friends, um, whose babies were born two weeks apart, you know, like right in a row, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, right.
1: Boo first and then each of them in successive weeks. And so we did a joint birthday party with these two other families. And one of them also attends the same daycare as as we do. So it was like a lot of folks right. in common. Yeah,
0: and the and the other same child, friend group. Yeah. The other child doesn't go or just started preschool, so like there were no school friends. The point is it was still a giant party and The party in the movie is absolutely bananas. It's like there's a roller coaster. There's a merry-go-round. There's like all kinds of weird games. British stuff I don't understand.
1: Yeah, traditions we're not invited into at all. (laughs) Secret society stuff happening here.
0: Yeah, and there's press there and they're like, oh my God, is this the birthday for the prince or something? Yeah,
1: there's some good little side comments like that, I think, to reinforce like this is not normal and they're very wealthy right. and flaunting it.
0: Um, it's just that kids' birthday parties are crazy no matter what.
1: Yeah, we wanted to talk about that because I think even the party we did with our with, with friends, we did for those of you who are LA area listeners, we did at a place called Travel Town, which is in Griffith Park, which is for those of you who don't live here, is um basically a a, a train graveyard inside a depot. Inside our uh Central Park. It's like it's the biggest park in LA. It's a massive amount of like green space that crosses over from LA over into the valley. And yeah, so inside is this train graveyard. A, they've brought a bunch of like donated old steam engines and you know box cars and passenger cars and stuff, and put them on pieces of track in this little park. You can run around. But the point is, it's a fancy setup for like a. a it's a nice site for birthday party because of all the train stuff built in right very little decorating that has to be done uh carol and i actually got our engagement photos taken on like the train platform that they built there mm-hmm. um long before we had children but it's still all run by the parks department of la meaning renting out a box car or whatever, passenger car to have your dad can correct me on which uh what type of car we were in was more or less the same cost as reserving some picnic tables at any other city park for your party. I mean, you know, maybe it was a difference of like from $200 to $300, something like that. The point being is not like a massive spend by comparison to other things in order to do this. And it felt, you know, feels like a very lavish thing to do in my mind. But then I'm reminded of how much everything costs and how crazy... A birthday party could be,
0: yeah, it's,
1: uh, yeah. Because for me, also growing up, we would just do them in our house. It would like always be in like totally. my backyard.
0: We, I feel like we've set ourselves up now to like. Wu was already talking about his fourth birthday, and I'm like, I don't want to do a party. Yeah, I don't want to do a party every year. That's bananas. Not to overstate the bananas, but it's true.
1: Yeah, it does, and it does feel like there would be a point where then you're trying to. Not one up other people's parties. I don't think anybody's playing that game. But I don't would be. think
0: anyone is doing that. But there is a bar, at, even at our daycare, that is set. Like yeah, you can't true. really phone it in. And and I thought we kept the train party very simple. We like you said we didn't do a lot of decorating. Mm-hmm. We like the <laughs> we like capped the guest list actually, and there were still like forty kids there. Yeah, and we just did pizza and cake. And
1: yeah, and like just cake won. from Costco, pizzas from the grocery store. It wasn't like, again, it was not right. like a fancy feast. It yeah. was <laughs> cat food. You have the kids cat food.
0: Just looking up that gravy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just like did a, a little. skimble shankses. <laughs> And now everybody knows that reference because, mm-hmm. you know, cats.
1: Number one movie in America. That's not true. I ahead. was like, are you joking? <laughs> <laughs> in its fourth week. <laughs>
0: beating out star wars actually yeah um so yeah we kept it really simple and i actually played a game at work of like guess how much it cost and
1: it's great great game
0: yeah because i feel like you just don't people just don't know and i had a, one coworker who didn't have kids yet and one coworker who already has a four-year-old and he guessed within five dollars unreal I mean, we split it between 3 people, but the total is like $1105. And he guessed 1100.
1: Dang, what a guess. That I'm I'm still in awe of that almost more than yeah. the cost of it.
0: Well, cuz he knew that's over $1000. Right. Cuz pizza and the train ride and the train reservation and you know, all that stuff, it just adds up. Things it, just add up.
1: That is true. I I would love to hear from listeners what you do, especially those with older kids or multiple kids, how you Celebrate birthdays is how you keep costs in check because I think it's a it's a challenge. It's only going to get more difficult. I, the only silver linings that someone pointed out to me was that as your kid gets older, they do start to they set their own guest list that most of yeah. them will not say, invite everybody. I want my entire class to be there. They want half a dozen. There's like maybe six or ten.
0: Yeah. Even our friend who has a five-year-old, I think. No, wait. She just turned six and she did just a small birthday party. Right. Which is great because she's also a December like close to Christmas birthday. And there's always that too. Where mm-hmm. it's like, I don't want to do this right before Christmas. It's crazy.
1: I had a colleague who said that their child gets to go to Disneyland and bring a friend. Because it costs the same. <laughs> right. Is going all out for a day at Disneyland with just one friend. But it's just like less planning and less like no hassle. Planning. Yeah. You just show up and all the stuff is there and they have the time of their lives. Yeah. And that to me is like, okay, I can see the logic in that. But my thing is like, how do you not spend thousands of dollars a year on cake? <laughs> like that's, right. that's what I'd like to know.
0: I think you just do parties for the milestones. Like, I think we should do a fifth birthday for Woo. Just skip. surprise him
1: and say, you're five now. <laughs> you you mean do small things in between. Yeah. Still an annual celebration yeah. of their birth.
0: <laughs> yeah. We won't mention the fourth birthday. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah it's crazy i do yeah i would love to know from listeners what you do and what your tactics are we don't like to host uh parties at our house anymore it's too much too crazy maybe when we do like the smaller parties it'll be better but
1: then they won't want to be here anyway yeah hit us up mummyxdaddy at gmail.com Yes, or on please twitter do. And facebook at mummyxdaddy or on instagram at mummyxdaddypod or of course leave a voicemail at eight one eight eight three nine one nine nine one, Let us know.
0: Something you don't want to do is have your nanny kill themselves at the party.
1: <laughs> Not everybody wants that. That's for sure. I don't want to speak for everyone.
0: Yeah, some people that, yeah. Some people you're hate right. their
1: nannies. Maybe they're setting this up. You're right. I specifically adopt the long con. You adopt Satan's spawn.
0: It is a shame that that happened because their new nanny was... Not a good replacement. Should have been no. vetted.
1: Oh my God.
0: They were, a, you shouldn't make a decision like that when you are, you know, grieving. It was mm. It was hastily made. There's a lot to unpack with Mrs. Baylock, the new nanny.
1: Nor should you make the decision in front of that person. No. You would never, I'm just trying to think, even in like a hiring situation in my job, if we interviewed someone we liked, you would never look, even with interns, we have like, A rule. You still don't offer them the job right then. You still take the time to confer. Even if you're calling them 20 minutes later and saying, hey, we want to offer you this thing, you do not send that child straight to your child's room. But I mean, like her forcefulness and that, like, they are so out of it because they live in this giant house that does have a lot of hired help. And then the vagueness of the agency sent me over and here are my references was like, was a great just like, oh, you're overwhelmed. This was this is going to suffice. Mm-hmm. And it's never revealed if she is any kind of like slightly supernatural. um I, mean, I think she's just a... She's you know,
0: like part of some cult, right? Right. Like, she's a Satanist. Yeah.
1: But Mrs. Baylock is not to be trifled with no matter whether she's supernatural or not. I like that she's also no no bullshit and like the point that he's she's like pushing buttons and stuff with like keeping the dog in there and all that kind of thing and she just says like I speak my mind and that's how I am is like so much better than being like coy and kind of I don't know trying to operate behind their backs in a way it makes like the sort Mm -hmm. of bald face nature of it makes it more believable in a way that then she'd be like the dog's gonna stay or that she'd fight push back on trying to send Damien to church to the wedding right
0: yeah she comes in She's like immediately identifies herself as a tricky person. She's like, I just want to be in d- with Damien alone. Like he'll warm up to me if we just have a little moment together by ourselves. Like, absolutely not. Never. Um, She goes upstairs and they're like, wait, I thought you hired her. I thought you hired her. They confront her before she gets to the room and they have that conversation. But she is so just so forceful about things. Yeah. And the dog um, Yeah, about
1: how she presents herself. Like, here's my references and everything.
0: Yeah. And else. yeah, so this dog turns up and she just lets him in, lets him sleep in Damien's room. And there's a point where Robert just lets it happen. He like comes into the room. Fireplace is blazing, by the way. Mm-hmm. The fireplace in the bedroom. I'm like, what? What can you imagine? Um never.
1: There'd be like Lego instructions just casually floating in there and <laughs> killing us all. <laughs>
0: Legos just a melted a melted legos certainly heap of legos um and a giant rottweiler and he yeah he leaves you know it's like in the middle of the night he like comes to check on damien and the dog's back like and
1: growling though and i grow- mean the dog is because it it seems like yeah no a, no
0: we're not trying to say anything about rottweilers it's an aggressive dog this particular dog
1: yes he is actively trying to defend damien and looks intent on attacking robert it's really quite wild i do like that the parents conferred with each other there's none of this stuff that was allowed to just stand even with the mishandling of the nanny stuff at least they talked to each other about it and did so immediately i'd like that that wasn't something that was left to hang in the air that they were right Yeah, uh, you know they immediately said yeah i thought you hired her i thought you did no they ran upstairs the dog in the room, get this dog out of the room. That's not staying here. If it's not going to let me near it, you need to get it out of here. Like mm-hmm. that's now your responsibility. And following up on that until the dog is actually gone. Yeah. It's just the
0: one part time that he comes in and. In the room. In yeah. the, and and the dog is back or like hadn't hadn't been picked up yet. Yeah. And he hears a phone ring. He's like, oh, I better go answer the phone. It's like, what?
1: Just like, yeah, I mean, uses this as an out. He was clearly like. I'd be scared too. Terrified. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And then the nanny's room is just off of Damien's room. So she's like visible sleeping in her bed too. Terrifying. I missed that. That is crazy. She's got a real O'Brien vibe from
1: Mm. Downton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could have been another tricky person, you know? Just like the gab, it turns out. Um, (laughs) Right. Just
0: like that hot goss. Mm -hmm. I think this is a good scary good stuff moment, if only for people in our immediate region. But um,
1: Unfortunately so, yes.
0: I think you could search for something like it in your neck of the woods. We use a babysitter service called Meredith and Company. And they're primarily in like Eastside, LA, Pasadena, maybe North Hollywood. They have just a few neighborhoods that they service. But it's a great service where this woman, Meredith, vets all these babysitters, puts together bios on them, all their references and you use an app to line them up. And you can do it for a full-time nanny, part-time nanny, babysitting every so often, which is what we do. And we've met a great array of people through it that we trust and that the kids like. It's like a babysitter's club. Just just with one Christy at the helm.
1: I don't understand the reference, but I like it.
0: And um, it's free. I think she takes her cut. Using the app is free, right? uh, Yeah, using the app is free. You'd have to pay $20 an hour to these sitters, but that's the going rate here.
1: And a lot of them are in early childhood education or they seem to have.
0: Yeah, students are doing mm -hmm. something else that is relating to children um, or have like a lot of nannying experience. Yeah,
1: some of them are full-time nannies who also babysit. Mm -hmm.
0: They're all like CPR certified. Anyway... We found out about this, you know, randomly. I don't even remember. I think I just looked it up. Like, mm-hmm. how do you find a babysitter? And um, I'm sure there are other things like this because the the app is called Sitter Pro. That's
1: right. And yeah.
0: she just uses it. So I think.
1: That would probably be the thing to get. Check it out in your area. If you, yeah. Yeah, if the app Sitter Pro works for your neighborhood or region. See who comes up.
0: Yeah, and it's just very well designed and like puts you at ease. It's such a big part of it. You know, if you go to a website and it's just like janky, it's uh
1: Yeah, it does, it does make you feel like what else are they like out of touch with.
0: Right, know? right. So that's our scary good stuff. It's true. I also um, have
1: some scary bad stuff I'd like to talk about.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> and it's that fucking remote control school bus we have. Oh my God. <laughs> Somebody got wooed. Uh, for like his second birthday, a remote-controlled school bus that just has like you know, it's two buttons, like just forward and turning. Probably
0: another reason not to have a party. Eliminate all these
1: BS gifts. We That's get. right. All due respect to whoever got us this adorable school bus. Um, we've kept it around. It's still in play. The problem is if it is left on, any electronic signal it seems, or the hand of some unseen ghost can move it.
0: It's so terrifying. You
1: you might be, say, watching The Omen alone (laughs) while your wife is doing something really cool and far away.
0: I think I was on set. And And you just
1: hear a... Yeah. And that's it. It's always just this little... And it's just enough.
0: It's just loud enough to really scare you.
1: Yeah. And doesn't really sound like a car (laughs) or it's not tiny enough to sound like a toy. It's just this weird, heavy... Yeah, like rumbly buzz, and it is <laughs> fucking spooky, and I do not like it. And it kept it happened like six times. <sighs> dun, dun, dun. Starting on June sixth at six a.m.
0: was me throwing up.
1: We're gonna pause to clean that up. Um, but that's my scary bad stuff. Well, don't get that thing. It's not even on Amazon. I looked. I just tried to find it. It's not there. So that means someone probably got out some ghost emporium and brought it to a party.
0: No, oh, no. Done it again. Let the devil into our house is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so um, after the birthday party, after the new nanny, things start to really heat up in the fiery hell that Damien is bringing to this family. People start dying. Omens are omened. Reporters are involved. I thought the, the photographer is around. I thought, the, yeah, I thought the he's a reporter, like. Mm-hmm. And he takes a lot of photos that are really creepy. Uh, have have omens within them. I love that. And I thought he was such a buddy.
1: Yeah, he- he's great. Cause and I love it because at first you you don't know what he's all about, mm-hmm. and or like what yeah what his angle is. Obviously, you know what's kind of coming, but you don't know if he's going to be sort of friend or foe, or where you know how he figures into it. If he's just there to try to ruin this guy's career, or. If he is a paparazzi, or is he? But then he's like paparazzi, a... the famous priest from Italy. <laughs> he
0: uh, he takes a. I accidentally like took this photo of myself in the mirror, and I see mm. my. This you know he keeps finding these slashes in the photos. So now he's roped into it. He knows he's going to die, or suspects it, and so he's along for the ride with Mr.
1: Robert the Thorn, who apparently has no work obligations. I
0: know, right. Well, he does say like, I don't want to go on that trip. Oh, yeah. I'm a little tied up. And the, the higher up is like, oh, like it's i liked that moment mm-hmm. because it 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 answered for me all those questions of like, when does this guy do his job? And what is this job? Yeah. <laughs> if you have so much political power that the devil wants it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. That kind of like solved that for me. Um, so he is there because he wants to find out if he's gonna die, but I just thought that reporter was such a buddy. I thought that the journey that they go on to find the answer, consult the guru, it was like two steps too long. Like mm-hmm. they go to the it's like they go to the catacombs and they get the knives um, and then they go. It's just like I kinda okay. like that there is like
1: a little bit of an adventure to it. Maybe that's kind of the Richard Donnery part of this yeah. thing where it's like this has to sort of be this big larger scope kind of adventure yeah
0: it would never fly in a movie
1: today i feel like it wouldn't true it just like the mummy or something if it did
0: yeah it would be there'd be more um explosions and um you know things collapsing in the catacombs as they're trying to get out i Mm -hmm. do not like that graveyard scene with the dogs oh that is scary it is oh man on that adventure that they take to figure out and get the bottom of it there's scene with the dogs always that's the thing that sticks with me about the movie that's the thing that i always remember Mm. um pure terror so scary so all this stuff is happening and it's while he's away that the mom has her accident right i know you want to talk about a little bit about that i do her
1: first accident her first accident (laughs) clumsy
0: little lady she was
1: wait her first accident
0: when on the balcony oh i shouldn't say that inside hanging the plant
1: she's hanging up a plant or watering a plant that's up high. She's like standing on a coffee table and Damien is on his trike and coming for her and ultimately knocks her over the side. To me, it just, it immediately brought up how it's not a good idea to do dangerous things when you're alone as a parent. The thing that I specifically think of is every year at Christmas and after, I hang up the Christmas lights and I take them down. Mm -hmm. I used to do it on like a... Two step step ladder that I would so precariously balance on our front porch steps and would oh find the places on the steps where these non uniform steps where it would fit on one of the steps going across. And I would do that and kind of like hang from this crossbeam and oh do that. And whatever time of day I felt like doing it, now I have a proper size ladder that I will use. But the issue is it is still a precarious thing to climb up on a ladder and hang these lights all across the front of our house. Yeah. But I also can only do it really during nap time because the kids go kind of crazy if they saw me up on a ladder and they're just trying to climb up the other side. They would be, it would just not be good. So I have to do it during nap time, but then I also realize I have to do it when Carol is home because if I did it when she wasn't and I did fall off the ladder while the kids are asleep nobody would know they wouldn't he like boo wouldn't be able to get out of his bed we wouldn't know where i was or anything like that if i that's if i fell and like for some reason couldn't crawl my way to the (laughs) stairs or something like that but the point is is like (laughs) it does create a different dynamic from a pre-kid era that like if you're going to do something that feels dangerous or precarious even if it is something small it's a thought that runs through my head frequently enough that i try not to do it i don't always follow that Mm -hmm. little like voice in my head but it's a gentle reminder to do so
0: (laughs) yeah it's very wise good advice and you know if you do find yourself alone and you have to do something just know where your kids are or maybe just close the door to a room i don't know like just be more careful i'm not blaming her for that but it was her fault.
1: Right. I mean, like, of course, all of these things are these, they're sort of final destination Like like it was going to happen one way or another. That was just his moment. That's true. And it is possible, again, it's just not really addressed, that perhaps he was even kind of directing her to do that.
0: Mm. Um, How far does the devil's power reach? No one knows. No
1: one knows. There are a few other, the mother-son kind of relationship-y things that i wanted to talk about like when really just like when she finds him when she feels like he is mm. like he's evil like mm-hmm. she has that moment like, am i, I imagining this yeah am I, like yeah i'm going crazy can i play a clip i would love that if
0: there were anything wrong you'd tell me wouldn't you wrong what could be wrong with our child robert with beautiful people aren't we there is something wrong isn't there Kathy. is it so serious Robert I, I I want I need to see a psychiatrist I, I have fears I have such fears what kind of fears what kind oh if I told you you'd put me away Kathy uh, I love you I love you then help me find me a doctor I will of course
1: I will. So weirdly, we both watched this separately, but that was also the only audio clip that either of us decided to pull to discuss in the movie. And I'm curious to hear why. We didn't talk in, ahead of time about why that is. But to me, the reason for it was, especially given when this movie was made, 1976, we've seen a lot worse parenting since this movie. yeah. Uh, since this podcast started in a lot of different movies and movies that came out years after the omen did i like this relationship dynamic i like that she is asking he's he notices something is wrong he asks what's wrong he cares what her answer is she right. uh she is opens able, up a little bit yeah she is able to articulate what those fears are he assures her that her feelings are valid that he's listening to them and that he loves her and i think that is like missing from just that simple dynamic which comes across so easily in this scene to show that they're that they respect each other that even his bad actions from time to time are they're misguided they're coming from a good place in a in a place of love and not just like "Eh, i'm trying to like my wife couldn't handle another thing it's really like he's afraid it will kill her like even that thing in the beginning is like misguided is that is that instinct is the sentiment is a good one essentially but i love yeah and i like that she's asking to see a mental health professional in 1976 i mean granted this is like it was become certainly becoming more accepted at that time but it isn't it's not easy for people now to talk about or voice or or say when they feel like they need help especially when you feel like the source of that is your kid that has got to be right I can't imagine if I felt like one of our children was the thing setting me over the edge to go seek professional help yeah that like that'd be a really hard conversation to have I mean even the throwaway like you'd put me away like obviously that's not that's not her genuine fear, but it is that fear of like, you. maybe you would divorce me if you think that I think our child is evil. Right. But
0: he knows at mm-hmm. this point. So he is operating out of a place of guilt. I don't want to give him all the credit because he is I like, see. well, he's like, well, what, what, what are your fears? Just uh,
1: well, wait. What does he know at this point in the movie? He,
0: the priest has already warned him. The priest has, like, come into his office and warned him that Damien's...
1: But which he does refuse to accept. He's certainly, like, skeptical of it. I I like that. I mean, that's a good point, though, that it's not as, like, cut and dry as that, that he is, like... Yeah. They uh, they
0: they are not the worst. They're not the best. They do like almost lose the child in the river um, when he's a toddler, Yeah, that right shit in the is beginning. What I do.
1: We've talked about this on the podcast before, but you gotta keep an eye on those toddlers. They're easily thirty yards in front of that kid in front of a rushing like river.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and they're just like locked arms having a private conversation. Don't they know you can't do that as parents?
1: I don't think so.
0: Yeah. No. Not no. when the child's around. But I did like that scene. I actually, I, the reason I latched on to that scene was because in the beginning, she's so dismissive, like, well, what could be wrong with him? We're beautiful people, aren't we? And it's so like, oh, the devil just loves that stuff. Like, what? How could this be happening to us?
1: Do you think that was, like, facetious when she's saying that? Or do you think she really meant, like, how could something possibly be wrong with our child if we are so perfect.
0: Yeah, I do think the latter.
1: That was a great, yeah, it was a great line. That was initially like what caught my ear Mm -hmm. about it was that phrase, we're the beautiful people.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we have every advantage and everything else. Yeah. I thought that was really great.
0: I was a little sad at her death. She is already in the hospital after the fall. She has this broken like clavicle or something Mm -hmm. and... He calls her, he, you know, he knows at this point that what's he, he has to do, he has the knives of Magado or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, he warns her, and he's like, you gotta get out, leave London, mm-hmm. just go. And she's trying to get this, like, gauzy nightgown off, and that's when Balak shows up, and she just, like...
1: Just shoves her out the window. Shoves
0: her out the window, but she has this nightgown over her head, it's like, oh, honey.
1: Mm. Yeah. I mean
0: I feel like she should have had a little bit more of a moment there like because she was such a character in the film you know it's
1: true I mean she is a crucial piece of it yeah even if it was just like a moment of confirming her worst fears even if it was an exchange there of like oh I see you are like let's call this what it is like
0: it's mm-hmm, so just something your adopted
1: son is a son. even to let her die knowing that it wasn't her kid like her biological child would right be like kind of amazing it's uh, yeah that is interesting it happened
0: I, really fast
1: it does which I mean the thing I like about that is like it was very like oh damn it did feel almost kind of a proto Game of Thronesy sort of moment that like keeps you on your toes mm. where you're like oh nobody's safe like the mom is dead and it happened in the blink of an eye yeah the co-star of this movie is gone, right? And like, it, like the jarring speed of it was, like, yeah, was cool. I you think
0: know? that was cool. I think I was just sad that she was like, ah, "I'm trying to get this nightgown off," and like, and like it's <laughs> but just
1: butterfingers. Ah.
0: <laughs> oh, like you're in a hospital, just like call, like press the call mm. button, but it's fine. Are we ready to rate this movie?
1: We are, but I would be remiss, Carol. If I did not point out, we mentioned Richard Donner. Oh, sure. We talked about Gregory Peck, but we did not speak his name. Music by Jerry Goldsmith.
0: (laughs) Jerry. Jerry.
1: I hate to say it. I hate what I'm about to say. It's good. It's fine. The music is good it's
0: fine it's not good okay maybe it's because i was listening with the subtitles on and it kept saying like latin choir singing but it is a little heavy-handed now the film it lends itself like he got lucky
1: he got lucky i think that's true but i do think he did well he showed restraint there were moments of silence in the movie where there was no score at all i think he had it
0: was probably a good producer music producer i i I can't i can't i can't give him all the
1: credit (laughs) there was some analog synths happening there was the latin choir you
0: know what you are just scarred from the good son and you are giving this movie way too much leeway just because there wasn't any
1: I uh, I I just I'm gonna I'm not gonna apologize to Gary, Jerry Golds to Gary Goldsmith <laughs> Gary. This That's is, this funny is probably to who me. It was. Maybe this is who it was. Maybe this is Gary Goldsmith. <laughs> Larry Goldsmith for um, a little
0: Parks and Rec reference. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, the, but I actually enjoyed the music or didn't hate it. I'll say that. I certainly. didn't.
0: I didn't hate it. If but... there's a
1: second best Jerry Goldsmith movie, I don't want to know about it. Oh, God. But yes, let's rate this movie.
0: Okay. Josh, how many jackal skeletons out of 666 do
1: you give this movie? Gonna give it 666. Six, six. I really do think it's great. I forgot how much of I think I conflate this movie with The Exorcist a lot, which I'm sure will. Be doing on this podcast, but at least at last check in, I don't care for that movie. Uh, of I'm, course, we're going to be doing it. I'm, I'm excited to watch it for the show, but like.
0: I'm not excited to watch it.
1: It's not. For any other reason. Exactly. For some reason, I lumped this in. Maybe I watched them all around the same time. Certainly possible when I saw that for the first time, but The Omen is great. It's beautiful. It is mm. well shot. The music is solid. You as everyone love that knows music. Um, Gregory Peck, phenomenal. I also love using an actor like Gregory Peck in this movie to lend it some, you know, put some. What's the word I'm looking for? Gravitas. Some gravitas. Some gravy on your tots. Get it on there. Ooh, um, French Canadian. I like the <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I found it. I thought it's like pretty exceptional. It's it's actually scary. Um, I love supernatural as we know but i mean i i like religious supernatural scary it
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it genuinely is hair raising mm-hmm. for me maybe it's, it's my like religious upbringing etc but i i do find it actually scary and yeah. i think it's but it's, it's just well done it's well acted it's well and well executed it's and it resolves very well it is mm-hmm. uh it's fucking cool. And I don't think they would have made this movie with a, with sequels in mind, which is even better. Like, I love the idea. Like, I don't think there was there were plans for three sequels or whatever mm-hmm. when this was made. And it is just like, damn. It's a strong it's a threat. Damien. Yeah, Damien.
0: How many out of 666? I gave it 666. Oh, there you go.
1: Mm-hmm. How about you?
0: Yeah. I, I mean, I can't give it a perfect score. It's not like my... I can't do that, um, but I would. I'd give it a cool All right, pitchfork. Oh god, that cuts deep. I hate pitchfork so much. Yeah, I'll give it six fifty. It's close to perfect. I feel like I'm showing more restraint than I usually do, but um, it's it's so great. I agree with a lot of the points you made, and I love the ending. I love it when evil triumphs <laughs> <laughs> in a movie like this, where such feels, a mom. It feels really earned, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels like a great set up to that and yeah like you said it's not just sequel hungry it's just like "Hmm, that's what happened but that brings us to rating the kids and by that i mean the one child
1: damien the one child damien all right um okay uh damien the child how many daggers of megiddo out of seven do you give the child damien
0: I I want to do something a little crazy here. Okay. I I don't know if I can rate him because Ooh.
1: abstaining.
0: I I cannot find a time in this movie where he is acting at all, and mm. I think it it's good for the movie, and so maybe that would mean it's a high score. It's certainly not a low score. I just feel like it's not it's really hard to, to rate his performance because he is never acting evil, which I kind of love. Like, he's just being a kid and you're putting all this onto it. Like, he's not ever giving an evil look. He's never – he really feels like a pawn. In some ways, it, it it's a little weird that he is, like, supposed to be the son of Satan – Right. Because then you would think like Jesus, he is also you know Satan, Satan. But he, it, it seems like he's just a pawn, and they, mm-hmm. you know, and I don't know if it's because that child actor was so bad that he couldn't do a performance even like Danny right. does. But there's no, he's never acting evil, and it works. But I don't know if I can rate him because he doesn't. Right. It's not like he's acting ever, even when he throws the tantrum. When he's not going into church, it's like not even that bad. You only see how bad it was from the scratches on her face, but he's just kind of yelling.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's why it it is great, though, because it also... I think it's great directing. I don't know if it's... That's fine. So he gets all seven daggers from me because I think that that's... Executes perfectly because it doesn't
0: get any of those daggers, though. Unfortunately, no, it
1: gets not a one, which is maybe even why, like, even just like some of the smiles and whatever. Like, there's a couple of those, but they, yeah, they're not trying to make him evil, they're trying to make it relatable. And they're kind of trying to, I mean, I do think trying to paint the parents is crazy a little bit, or like, make oh, yeah. them that it's like a great, unreliable narrator kind of thing, which is like, is the kid evil, or especially if you'd never, I try to imagine seeing this in mm. 1976, mm-hmm. is the kid. Just throwing the tantrums of a five year old? Yeah. Or can he not go near a church lest he burst into flames? Right.
0: Without those Latin choirs singing at me constantly. Yeah. I, I guess it. i never... No, it's great. It's so great. I'm just hating on Jerry. <laughs> Jerry. Yeah, so I'm gonna abs-
1: I'm gonna abstain. Okay. That's right. Get seven daggers from me. Um, so don't worry, that's a solid three and a half. You're still in this one. Damo. <laughs> Demo Um <laughs>
0: Uh, real quick, before we wrap it on up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, we got a little Kids Are Creepy Alright write-in mm, from a friend of the pod, Megan. Um, she says she was putting her child to bed one night, tucked her in, and her child said, somebody's under here.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh. Just the... Uh. Just
0: The freezing is so good. Like somebody's under here. Underwear.
1: Underwear. Oh, my God.
0: Oh, yeah, it's good. We love those stories. Please keep
1: it coming. Don't be a creep. Get in touch. You can email mummyxdaddy at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at mummyxdaddy. We are on Instagram at mummyxdaddypod. You can also leave us a voicemail 818-839-1991. If you like what you hear today, please leave us
0: a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Tell a friend. We've gotten a lot of compliments on the podcast in real life, but what we need are those rating and
1: reviews. Oh yeah, they help those metrics, baby.
0: I personally rate and review my podcasts now because I know how important it is.
1: Our theme music is by Kyle Andrews. Our logo was designed by Dara Weinberg.
0: Maggie Spaulding is a trip to Italy with a friend. <laughs>
1: Bye. I think
0: the best thing to do with a bad day like this is end it. I'll be alone, sir.
1: You've got meta. I'm getting out of here, Damien. Fine, then go. I'm gone. Go then. I am. Go. I'm gone. Go then. Uh, I am.